Welcome to Model Secrets. I'm Kim Alley, former model agent and now independent scout with over 30 years of experience in the business. I'm Katya. I have been modeling on the East Coast for several years and build a great community on social media. In our podcast, you will get an insider's look into the modeling world shared by models, photographers, agents, scouts, and other industry professionals. We hope you will have fun learning about the modeling industry with us. Hi, Emma. Emma, right? Hi. Hi. Welcome yes. to Model <laughs> Secrets. We're super excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Thank Very you. nice to meet you. Yeah. Meet you guys as well. Been looking forward to this. Now we got canceled the first time. <laughs> yeah. So will you do yeah, me a favor, right. just tell me a little bit about yourself. I just want to hear like, you know, what you're, what you like to do, where you are, what's sort of going on with yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, I actually went to VCU school of the arts for a degree in fashion merchandising, um, graduated back in 2017. So, I actually started out working in menswear and it was not my thing at all. <laughs> um, doing a lot of custom luxury suits uh -huh. for like men who were very well off. They could afford, you know, to spend a lot of money on things, which made it not the best environment for me. Um, but I ended up actually developing anorexia while I was working there. And I got to this point where I had to stop working because I like couldn't function. I was very sick, um, almost hospitalized. So it completely changed my life. Um, and I took a step back from that job and really started kind of thinking about like the impact that I wanted to leave on people and how I could take my experience with my eating disorder and turn it into something that was bigger than something that was just like negative and, you know, that was extremely a low point in my life. So I decided to start a women's wear company called Evolve. Um, and we are all about empowering all different types of people of different shapes, sizes, ages, races, gender identities, backgrounds, abilities, because I truly believe that beauty has no limits. And that is what we try to exude in everything that we do. Um, no matter what we do, it's, you know, always our goal to educate, empower and inspire. So those are the things that we really focus on in trying to break down industry standards and, you know, just kind of getting to a place where we're able to openly talk about the things that the industry does to impact women, but also men too. Um, um, and what we can like all do to come together and kind of change that for everyone moving forward. But other than that, um, I do also work at a um, PR agency. So I'm the creative director here. So I do all photo shoots um, and video shoots for our clients um, and internal brands too. So I wear a lot of different hats, do a lot of different things, um, and then my own styling stuff on the side. So I'm very much so all over the place, but I absolutely love being busy <laughs> and yeah. always having something to do. So, yeah. So where are you the creative director? That is amazing. That is an amazing story, by the way. Where, where are you the creative di director? Um, Posh PR. Oh, Posh PR. Oh, oh okay. Posh PR, a little boutique agency, but we do a lot of like higher end clients, so keep it small. Um, but yeah, I love it. I've been here only for three months now. So 
it's been a huge learning opportunity for sure. Uh, during this time, it's amazing to you know start a new job and especially <laughs> in the in 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 the industry that uh, something you enjoy doing. This yeah. is amazing. And, uh, I got very very lucky for sure, and I love the people that I work with. So it's been the biggest blessing ever. So can you tell me a little bit, I wanted to hear a little bit more about Shop Evolve. Now, do you do that with another person or is it just you? I was looking it up. Yep. So um, I used to, when we first started, I had um, a partner who actually ended up leaving because she had a baby. So she has family of her own now. Her name's Colleen Haggerty. Um, she actually runs her own photography business, but Right now, I do evolve completely on my own. Um, I have a lot of helping hands, that's for sure. Um, one really important person that I do work with is my design partner. So she's actually based in LA. Um, so we do a lot of you know traveling back and forth with each other, but also a lot of Zoom meetings right. um, mm-hmm. to, try to you know sort through things. But um, she is definitely like my stronghold with when it comes to evolve but i at this point am the sole owner um and we've been open we do online only and then we'll do like pop-ups um all across the country and really focusing on a lot of um you know college campuses specifically and partnering with different sororities or organizations on campuses and then hosting a pop-up with them and whatever money we make, we take a percentage of that and donate to whatever their philanthropy is. Oh, um, wow. If they have a nonprofit that they like to give back to, try to really just find ways in everything that we do to get more than about just clothing. Um, because at the end of the day, like, yes, we sell clothing, but we're selling, you know, the belief that you are enough exactly as you are. And you don't have to change yourself to fit the clothing. The clothing is meant to change to fit you and how you change throughout your life. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, a lot. so when you guys design these clothes, because do, do you take part in you actually design the clothes? And the other question to that is, so if you're designing the clothes, um, do you just go, okay, well, we're just gonna fit it for all s- different shapes and sizes? Yeah, no, I love that question. So we, um, we do design everything this fall is actually, we're launching the full first collection that has sizes double zero all the way up through, I think we set on 54. Um, but we also use a lot of sustainable practice. So we, you know, we don't make something that someone hasn't ordered yet. We're building Mm -hmm. out a and it's like we build all of our samples out to give them to our um, sewers and pattern makers Mm -hmm. and then whenever someone orders that specific size that's when we'll make it so we're trying you know to also stay eco-friendly and just conscious of how much fabric we're using and things like that Um, how much you know we're asking our employees to work for us because we don't want to get caught up in fast fashion by any means um and because of how much we specialize in different sizes and soon to be different abilities with more accessible options, um, it's really important to us to actually understand the customer that is ordering and their body and what they need out of their clothing. So, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. That. Uh, and from the time someone placed an order, how long does it take to, you know, produce yeah. the... 
So the actual production time is usually, I would say, between seven to ten business days. Um, so I would say, like, realistically, they, they would have their order in two and a half weeks. Some things that are smaller, we do hold inventory on. So those can get sent out faster, like accessories and, you know, mm-hmm. just smaller little things that aren't as customizable. But when you're getting a piece that's actually made for you, you know, we try to remind our customer base and just people out there in general that the worth or the weight is worth it because you're yeah. getting something that really was made for you. Like we're doing it with you in mind. It's not something that we're pulling off of our rack and putting it in a box for you. You know, we take the time to really think about how the pieces that we're making are going to make that person feel so. That is fantastic. So you have accessories. Now, where do you get those? Do you design those yourself or do you have somebody else design them? So, yeah. So accessories, we pull a little bit more from um, wholesale side of things. There's a bunch of different like markets that we go to out in LA and Atlanta um, and New York too. So we'll focus on doing more wholesale for accessories for the time being. Um, We're trying to really build up and make sure that we have the right you know, people making these things for us, they're getting paid the right wages and things like that. Um, So we, right now we do wholesale on our accessories for the time being, but that will change because I'm a big hat girl, as you can see. I know, I see, I love that hat. Love it. Yes. I really want to get into, thank you, finding things like that, that, you know, are a little bit different outside the box. Um, but it's going to take a little bit of time, just like anything does, but you know, clothing, clothing comes for for sure for right now. Just wanted to ask you more about your story because the more I started posting on social media and growing my audience, I started getting more messages from the girls, not feeling good enough, not feeling, you know, confident and, Social media plays a huge role in the comparison and constantly seeing people posting beautiful pictures of having this perfect life, which is not true. And I mean, you know that it takes hours to create a picture. So if you just want to talk a little bit more about it, your story and how you develop eating disorder, because yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, our audience, I mean, some people may might relate to that. Yeah. Um, so I... I mean, eating disorders specifically are so complex because of the way that they just infiltrate your life. Um, I mean, I remember back when I was like 10 years old, trying my first diet and trying to lose weight. And I think it all like as a cultural thing, it's so normalized to like, oh, I won't like eat lunch today so I can feel a little bit thinner in this outfit. And I think like, it's just become such a like diet culture has become such an, a big issue within eating disorders specifically because even if you're going through your own recovery, you know, you're still hearing all of these things about like keto and, you know, intermittent fasting. And there's always something new that we are expected to be trying or like some type of food that we're expected to have cut out. And I think that for me going through recovery, I saw that, you know, everyone takes food in differently. And like, I think what's most important is to nourish your body with what you need. Don't worry about like what the latest fad or trend is. Like you, as you get older, you really do have to learn to do things intuitively. And 
have that self-respect for your body and being able to nourish yourself in a way that, you know, you are able to fulfill the purpose that you were put on this earth for. And I think that that is something that has really kept me in recovery is like, if I don't eat and do the things that I need to do to take care of myself, I'm not going to be as great of a servant to the people that I want to serve here in this lifetime. So um, I know that was kind of like off the path a little bit of your question, but um, to, to go back to that. I mean, yeah, I started, you know, dieting when I was 10 years old and it was just constantly oh all on my mind. I need to like lose X amount of weight. And once I lose like this much weight, then I'll feel so much better. But it's always, no matter what number I got down to, it was, I needed something more. Like it was never enough. And I think it, you know, at, at this point where I was so sick and I mean, I lost 65 pounds in a period of five months. Um, wow. So it was That's a lot. Yeah, it was extremely drastic, huge change. Obviously, all the people around me were like, what is going on? Um, and I think I just kind of got to this point where, for one thing, if I kept going like that, I was going to die. Mm -hmm. And for another thing, I just realized that no matter what I did and no matter how much weight I lost, it still wasn't going to be enough. And I kind of had to take a step back and understand what was going on, you know, when you have an eating disorder, you don't believe that you have an eating disorder. You think that it's normal and what you're doing is normal. But the more I looked within and tried to understand my behaviors and what I was doing to numb myself through food, mm -hmm. the more I started to understand, you know, how important recovery was to be able to live the rest of my life um, and live more you know, not maybe not necessarily totally free of my eating disorder because it is always there in the back of my mind, but to get it to a place where it's more manageable and, you know, I'm, I'm not constantly like thinking about my body or thinking about food because it took me away from so many of the things that I enjoyed. And now that I am, you know, further, I wouldn't say I'm recovered by any means, but further along in my recovery, I have more space for the things that are important to me. Like I'm able to have a full-time job and do my own company at the same time. And I'm looking at, you know, starting a nonprofit and getting more into that. So if I was still wrapped up in my eating disorder, I would be too sick to even function or think about those things. So recovery, if anyone is like listening to this and they, you know, need that motivation to get started in recovery or, even to look up a therapist, I can tell you that it's worth it um, from the bottom of my heart. Like I would not sit here and say that if it right. wasn't. Um, and it, I mean, it'll save your life if you, you know, open yourself up to that experience and allow yourself to be loved and to accept that you do deserve happiness and you do deserve to eat food even when you don't feel like it. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Wow. And, and do you, do you think that, well, I mean, I know a lot of models in the, the modeling world have definitely have um, eating disorders. And do you think that there's a lot of women and girls out there with the eating disorders? Oh, yeah. I mean, so up until um, the opioid epidemic or crisis, really, yeah. um, this past year, eating disorders were the number one, like they had the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. So. Oh, 
I think it was, I want to say it was like one in five, um, not even women, but one in five people have an yeah. eating disorder. Um, they, they definitely go more undiagnosed because like I said, it's mm-hmm. so normalized to have these habits that people don't sit here and like think about, oh, this might not be healthy for me because it's what's being promoted to us. So um, it's definitely a very widespread issue. And I think, you know, tying back into the piece of that question where you talked about a lot of models having eating disorders, like, Mm -hmm. I think that we totally have a responsibility to challenge the industry and challenge, like, what is acceptable and what's not. Because at the end of the day, like, we're the ones, we have the power to set the standards and set, you know, what is beautiful and I think that the more we are diverse and inclusive and understanding that like not everyone is going to be a size double zero the more that we will be able to accept all forms of beauty Mm -hmm. um because it's truly like the models like that we see on magazines and things even sometimes they don't look like that (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah yeah there's so much that goes on with photoshop and clamping skin like i've been on sets where girls have literally been you know saran wrapped into it so it's just (laughs) there's so many little things that you don't see up front at face value and i think like if we're able to also educate models and designers on those things too then we can all do a better job of making realistic clothing and making realistic standards one thing i wanted to say here that the way I see it, the brands and designers sell to us now that if you would look this way or you're going to be this size, like size zero or two, you're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what they sell us. They sell us yeah. happiness. Yep. And yep. a lot of people think if you're, you know, you don't look like a model that you don't deserve to be happy in your life. Right. And I know that diversity is happening, but it's pro- I think it's still not to the point where it's supposed to be yeah the modeling industry came a long way but there is still you know room for improvement yeah well and I'll say that like with that too even at my lowest weight like I really did think that I was going to be so happy because I was finally you know beautiful by society standards but I'm so much happier now at this weight and like I'm probably at my heaviest weight I've ever been in my entire life but I don't you know I don't check the scale anymore I'm not if something doesn't fit me anymore, it's not this huge meltdown. It's like, okay, I'll just go buy something else. So I think like just having that reality check and freeing yourself from what everyone else expects you to be is the most liberating thing in the entire world. And I'm glad to hear that like you as a model also think that, that, you know, we're not diverse enough and we're not inclusive enough. There's a lot of things that are being presented at face value, but what are we doing behind the scenes to actually change it? So I love that. And I'll just say this. So for me, when I modeled in the eighties and nineties, okay. So I was a model a long time ago, right? Um, you know, for, we were all size six and eights, right? And what determined that was the yeah. designers. That's what determines our, what model they pick was the designers. Now, hopefully the designers are all coming, you know, into an open mind where they're, you know, they have more curves and they, you know, I I mean, I'm hoping that's what 
is going to happen, you know, and I think it is happening. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, even my son said to me, well, mom, you're, you're like living in the nineties, but thinking that, you know, they should be like six or eight. And I said, well, six or eight right now is plus is curve or plus size models. So, I mean, it's so strange to me. Yeah. And well, and that too, like if you actually like dig into the statistics of it, the average size of an American female is a size 14. And like, there's very few designers and very few stores that do carry plus sizes. Um, And I just think that's so interesting because you're cutting yourself off. And I'm talking to my designers right now, like Mm -hmm. you're cutting off from a huge market of people who also need to wear clothing like at the end of the day if you are inspired by creating something that someone can wear then why would you want to limit yourself and limit those people to not be able to have something that they love and you know putting something on someone's back that is not normally able to go into a store and find something that works for them is the best feeling in the entire world like I live for that So if you don't, you know, carry plus sizes or you're not thinking about it, I really would encourage you to do your research um, and understand that there is a huge need for it, not and like plus sizes and beyond into different abilities and things like that. So um, I think we all can do a better job of kind of getting out of the mindset of if it doesn't apply to me, then it doesn't matter. Um, And I, I mean, that goes for clothing and just being able to find things in your size, like right. it's so important. So. And it's so important just to be able to say, you know what, if you're healthy, you feel good about yourself. That's the most important part of it all. It's not really about your size yeah. or any of that. It's about how do you feel in your mind and, and in your spirit? Yeah. I mean, Katya and I talk about that all the time that, you know, yeah. it, it's all about eating right and feeling good and exercising, doing all those things that, that's what makes us feel good. It's not necessarily your size that matters. Yeah, exactly. You're doing it for you, for, for your health and mm. being, yeah. and like, I'm going to say that, I don't know if I ever had an eating disorder, but I was definitely going this path. And mm-hmm. no matter like what size I was. And at one point, like I lost, I remember like when I lost like 30 pounds and I was like super skinny. It was never enough. I was never happy. Yep. Right, right. <laughs> and with that too, like, there is so much misconception around people who are in larger bodies um, and just fat phobia in general. Like, yeah. I think that we've associated health with thinness and that is not true at all. True. There's a book that I read recently. I think this woman, over, yeah, I think she's over pounds um, and she's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro almost five times. I think it is like, Something that the most like, quote unquote, I'm in shape and I could never do that. So I think we all like definitely have to challenge ourselves a little bit to look at fat phobia and look at the way that it impacts people who are fat in our society and like understand that fat isn't a bad thing. It's just how your body is. And we don't have to put things like this is a good body versus a bad body. Like we don't have to label ourselves like that body bodies and we're allowed to exist in them and take up space. So, okay, so um, and, and the yeah. other thing I had is let, let's just talk about the opposite part of that, because this is the, what, what happened with me growing up is that um, 
I've always been very thin and that's just the way I am. I mean, my, I, I work out every day. I exercise, I, you know, eat right, but I've always had this, this body. I, I mean, you know, I exercise, I mean, I do all the things that make my body feel healthy. However, I used to be called skinny, skinny, mini and all this stuff. And actually that really hurt me on so many levels to be called yeah. so skinny. And then when I started to gain weight and, you know, when I was modeling and I started to gain weight and I had owners of agencies tell me, oh, your, your ass, excuse my expression, but your ass is so big. You know, it's like, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Crazy. Win. Yeah. And body shaming, no matter what way you look at it, it's hurtful. So I think right. the biggest takeaway from things like that is like, let's just not comment on each other's bodies at all. Like it's, it honestly does nothing for us other than you know, reinforce the fact that people are looking and thinking about our bodies and like, we don't have time for that. We're women trying to change the world. Like we don't have time to get caught up in all of those, you know, little comments and these things to worry about when we have things to get done. So, um, I love that you share that out of that too. I think that's important. I wanted to add to that. Um, I don't know if you were on TikTok, but I'm in on TikTok. I mean, everybody knows Charlie D'Amelio, and yeah. she's very young. When she started, I guess started TikTok, she was 15 years old. Now she's like 16 or 17, and people would constantly comment on her videos that she gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, yeah. lost weight. And I remember she like went live, I think, or just posted on Twitter somewhere how hurtful it was for her. And she is a teenager; she's so yeah. young, and uh, you know, does and people think again like that being popular is a good thing, uh-huh. but for sixteen years old a girl who wanna you know live life and enjoy life and constantly seeing this negativity about her body and about you know anything, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it totally, and that's like diet culture through and through, right there. Like right. there, that's a prime example of the culture that exists around like the need to comment on each other's bodies and say like, you're healthy. You're not like, it's no matter what you do, you can't win for other people. So just do what makes you feel good. And that's all that matters. And no matter like what size that puts you at, it doesn't matter. So. Right. I love that. Me me too. Very toxic. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your fashion show that you put on? Yeah, um, so oh. I've done two fashion shows now um, since we started Evolve. Um, it became a part of RVA Fashion Week last year. Right. And I'm on the board for that now, so I'm excited to kind of dig my hands into that a little bit more. But um, we host our own show because, um, I don't know, I just think it's really important as if, you know, we're going to be this brand that's talking about diversity and inclusion. I think that our shows need to reflect that as well. Um, And my biggest thing with planning that show is really giving everyone the opportunity to walk, whether you are a model, never modeled before. Um, You know, I've had girls um, who are big time models and they like will drive up from wherever they are to be in this show. So I think it's really cool to see that, you know, everyone can have the opportunity to feel beautiful. And when we started the show, it was really our goal for everyone in the audience to be able to see themselves on that runway. Cause, um, 
don't get me wrong. Like the models that are out there are freaking gorgeous. Like, oh my <laughs> Lord. But there's also a lot of beauty in the people who maybe aren't typically on a runway. And there was a girl, she actually had never, like, she hardly ever goes out in public. Like she just is a, you know, very worried about the way that she's perceived because of the way that she looks. Mm -hmm. And she was picked up by a modeling agency after that show. So it's just like, it's these small little things that we can do to change people's lives and have them understand that, you know, you are able to take a chance on yourself and like, you do deserve to feel beautiful. And like, at the end of the day, the clothing is just the clothing that you're walking in. What you're really walking in is your confidence and your belief that you are good enough. So um, that that show is very near and dear to my heart. Um, we make it a very huge priority to focus on empowerment again and education and really, you know, all the ways in which that we can give back, whether we're partnered up with a nonprofit or just donating all the proceeds somewhere. So um, hopefully, I know we're not showing this spring, but we will be having an ex- another one in the fall. <laughs> so you guys I can come. stay tuned for that. Yes, I'll make sure you <laughs> I want to get so you can help. Yeah, I'll totally. I was going to say, you guys would be great, like model coaches for everyone. I would um, love it. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. And you where know, is that? Is that Rich- Richmond or Richmond? Yes. Yeah, so in Richmond. Um, last year, we did it at a winery, actually. So it was really beautiful. Um, we kind of turned the whole thing into like a Paris garden. Um, mm. But yeah, so it kind of just changes depending on, you know, what has happened throughout the year mm-hmm. um and what we really want to present to everyone as a full collection and also just as an experience as a show itself because our show is not like any other show so there's a lot of um just thought that goes into all of the little small things so I'll definitely let you guys know when <laughs> that is coming up sounds great I would love it <laughs> Like, I'm not that far away. I'm just two hours. No, you're, you're <laughs> you have to come down here yeah, anyway. I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, so. with all this craziness in the world going, you know, like, haven't, haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's been so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I'm so proud of you and, and all that you're doing um, for us women. And I mean, and boys, too. I'm sure it's for boys, too. But I'm yeah. just really proud of yeah. you. And. And you're doing yep. a fantastic job and so grateful that you could come on and, and talk about, you know, what you're, what you're doing and your, your goals and your outlook on the, on the fashion business. And, and I hope that we can all make that change, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I, I always love to talk about things like this. Um, it's not always easy to, yeah. you know, have that look yeah. with yourself also with others but it's really important um and it's necessary for where we're headed so thank you for giving me the time to share my story and all of that so this week is NEDA week um this is kind of the week that you know eating disorders are a huge highlight um all across the country we're focusing on um a lot of you know encouragement behind choosing recovery but also a lot of education on what eating disorders are what recovery is um and also providing a lot of resources so with evolve actually i'm going to be sharing my story on our social media in the next like 20 minutes it's kind of like a little documentary on just my life Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) which is kind of crazy but um we're you know, really trying to take this opportunity and shine a light on 
what's important to us, the people that, you know, they deserve to have a platform and speak up and share their own stories too. And really this is just to let other people know that no matter where you are in your recovery journey, if you're, you know, just starting or you're thinking about starting or you're further along, you're not alone. Um, and it's okay to, you know, have these little hiccups. So, um, this is a very important week to me and my team. So, um, definitely make sure you wear your blue and green this week. Um, but yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. I actually like wanted to also ask you, because I feel like we haven't talked about that. We talked about, you know, what we can can do but let's say someone is scrolling through instagram and feeling you know insecure feeling bad about themselves what would be your advice to not you know to not compare yourself to others like how would you deal with that and not develop eating disorder because of you know another blogger on instagram yeah um i mean i always say you know to a lot of the girls that younger girls that i mentor comparison really is the thief of joy and like I think you kind of just have to challenge yourself to check those thoughts and understand that the more you're spending your time comparing yourself to someone who, you know, doesn't have the same lifestyle that you have, maybe they have better access to um, food, maybe, you know, they have more time on their plate to be able to do X, Y, and Z. You can't get caught up in the comparison game because there is no one else like you on this planet. And I think that's a really beautiful and powerful thing to remember, but also as of, as far as like an active, you know, thing that you can do to avoid that. Don't follow people that don't make you feel good. Um, that's my number one thing. Go through and unfollow people that you're like spending all this time comparing yourself to or being jealous of like, if they don't empower you to be your best version of yourself, unfollow them. Um, another great thing to do too is kind of like your own gratitude list um, and incorporating things that you are grateful for within yourself on that list. Um, that's been a really powerful thing for me because it's tied into affirmations that be have become a part of my daily practice. You know, waking up in the morning and being able to go look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I'm smart. I'm powerful. Um, and kind of just being able to, you know, build within yourself, this own gratitude that you have for yourself rather than this comparison and jealousy for other people. Because at the end of the day, it's no matter what it is, whether it's eating disorder or not, you are the only thing that you have in your control. So you might as well like make your brain and your body a really warm and pleasant place to live because you only have one lifetime and like if you like you're not born to fit into someone else's standard you're born to create your own standard for yourself so um I don't know if that's helpful at all to anyone, very but that's kind of how I have approached all yeah <laughs> it's very um, I do this yeah, I do this so. in the mirror too I, I read a lot of Louise Hay books and she talks a lot about, I am, I am beautiful. Yeah, I am, I love myself, you know, I do that all yeah. the time. So I'm glad that you are also doing it. So I encourage everyone else who is listening to this to do the same because you will not regret it. It feel, it'll feel weird at it first. It does feel weird. Do it and it becomes habit. It'll yeah. feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does, it does. So where can people find you? 
Yeah. So if you want to follow Evolve, um, our handle on Instagram is just shock evolve. So it's S H O P E V O L V E. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram personally, it's Emma E M M A dot Manis M A N I S. So pretty simple first and last name. Um, but I will be there and you can always reach out to me too. If you have questions about anything, like even if it's just body image related, I'm always happy to provide resources and answers and just be an outlet for anyone. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here with us. Thank We're very yeah. grateful. That was amazing. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. For more episodes, as well as our online modeling workshop, visit modelsecrets.online. See you next week. Thank you.